You're listening to The Sport Market. Once again, here's your host, Tom Manette. I knew I wasn't going to catch uh, on the three and two, uh, so I kind of, what do you say, try to get lost in the play and cheat a little bit, I guess, for the offense. Uh, bounce right for me, and then we made a good save, Roman passed me, and yeah, scored a goal. Elias Patterson doing his own play-by-play on the overtime goal that stretched the Vancouver Canucks road winning streak to four consecutive games. They swept the Big Apple and then they took out Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins and a work of art, beautiful goal uh, set up by Ronick um, and uh, uh, Elias Patterson doing what he needed to do to close out and make sure that those two points were protected by the Vancouver Canucks. It's a perfect place to begin going around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and the province.com. And Steve, uh, that was an OT winner. And I think reflective of what this team has this year that it might not have had in recent years. And that's sort of prevailing in the face of adversity. You often lose a lead late in the last minute of a game and you're let down and that you wind up blowing the rest of the opportunity, but that's not what happened. No, I, I, I think it's the team that's finding ways to win and finding, I, I mean, it's obviously being powered by its stars, but it's, it's getting contributions up and down the lineup and getting, uh, you know, it, it's finding ways to get puck, you know, pucks up the ice and it's finding ways to forecheck. And you feel, it feels like it's, it's coming at, coming at teams in waves. And it feels like a group that, that's got some chemistry and, you know, really likes playing together. As as that unit, so yeah, yeah it's very it, it's very encouraging. I mean, it's just you know they they look like a team that's you know got a chance to do something in the playoffs right now. When you're twenty eight, eleven, and three, all systems uh, you know need to be going. But what has impressed you the most? Is it the top six and the core players? Is it the bottom six uh, overachieving the way they consistently have this year? Is it the defensive? defensive alignment of the Canucks? Is it the goaltending or is it Rick Tockett and the coaching staff delivering the structure that we're seeing on an almost nightly basis? I think it's Tockett. I think Tockett's Tockett and uh, the staff have, uh, have really got that group together and got them pulling, pulling in the same direction. Uh, I, I feel like they check better. I, I, you know, they, they look like more of a playoff team. You look at the Buffalo Sabres um, and the Columbus Blue Jackets, there's an opportunity for the Canucks to set another record in terms of what, you know, at the beginning was a daunting seven-game road trip. Now it potentially could be 6-1, and one, which, you know, we, we just haven't seen in franchise history. Certainly I haven't seen since the 2011 team. You know, it's, it's, and you know, we know how far they went into the, you know, playing into the spring and summer. So yeah, it's 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 encouraging. I, I just I think there's a lot to like. I think, you know, going going up and down the lineup. I, I think you you're finding it's it's hard to find a guy that's underachieved right now. I, I think everybody's been as good as you thought they were going to be, if not better. From a business development point of view, a fan engagement point of view, uh, what's interesting to me is not just the Canucks performing the way they are, six points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights going into the weekend in the Pacific Division, 
but they're just one point behind the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets and the Canucks are the top two teams in the entire National Hockey League. The Edmonton Oilers are arguably the hottest team, winners of nine straight. And then the Toronto Maple Leafs, a little bit more inconsistent, but they're also in a divisional position. How much does that matter in terms of engaging fans? The fact that it's not just the Canucks who've got the rooting interest of most of our listeners, but it's in the context of what could be a very interesting playoff year for Canadian-based teams. I think especially here, I, I think this is a very trendy market. and We tend to jump on the team when it's going well. I think in some of those other markets, the fan base is, is a little bit more consistent. But uh, yeah, I, I do think uh, across the country, I think you're going to, you know, you get four or five Canadian teams that actually have a chance to win a round or two. I think it's going to make, I, I think viewing is going to go through the roof. So I, I think it's, I think it's pretty exciting if you've got the uh, TV rights here. We're going around the horn with Steve Ewan of the province and theprovince.com. Steve, let's shift to lacrosse. Vancouver Warriors hosting the Calgary Roughnecks. Obviously a very meaningful game for former uh, Roughnecks head coach Kurt Malofsky, who's now the head coach of the Vancouver Warriors and GM of the Vancouver uh, Warriors. This is something to savor on this Saturday night, but as per your story in the pages of the Vancouver Sun this morning and VancouverSun.com, maybe a missed opportunity by the NLL not to take one more kick at the can and have another rivalry matchup between the Roughnecks and the Warriors. Yeah, it really felt like kind of a, a tap-in for me when, when Kurt signed on with the Warriors in July. I, I, I thought I automatically assumed that opening night was going to be the Warriors in Calgary and they're going to put on a show for their TSN game. And not only didn't that happen, they're not, they're not going to Calgary at all, which I, I can't imagine um, the Calgary. I can't imagine the BC lions not going to Calgary the year that Wally Buono changed. And I, I just, it seemed like such a lot, you know, such a lot for me, particularly for a league that's looking to tell its stories and looking to get into the mainstream. And that's a very, that whole, revenge and history and all those kind of aspects are very mainstream. I think there, there are stories that, that people would really get, you know, you, you don't have to be, a, you know, you don't have to know the history of Jack, Jack beyond, or, you, you know, you didn't have to watch the 2009 man cup between the Brampton Excelsiors and it was some to, to be a fan of that game, you know, to, to understand kind of the storyline. So I, you add in the fact that Troy accordingly, who was the coach of, Vancouver last year is the assistant coach in Calgary. And I, I, you know, there's a lot of meat on the bone there. So I, I, you know, I, I really thought they missed a chance. It's too early to use the term must win, but this is a really important game for the Vancouver Warriors because there's a massive difference between two and three and one and four. And I I think with the way this league is with, with the schedule so spread out and and so many buys. And I, I think you, from a business standpoint, I think they need to have have a really strong showing tonight just to create some some return customers. I, I think you really need to get people excited. It's going to be I, and I, you know with the weather, it's it's going to be a tough night. But I, I think they really need to put on a show and really. I, I think that's maybe the good thing about this game is is that it's kind of a you know a good storyline game. So you know, people buy into the storyline. Vancouver shows well. I, I I think it could could mean a lot for them for you know, for the crowds going going forward. 
Vancouver Giants on what is a open quotes Eastern close quotes swing when it comes to the WHL, Saskatoon and Regina. Uh, what are the headlines for the Giants and BC's other teams in the WHL? Uh, trade deadline was Wednesday. Um, Giants made Giants, you know, even though they were in eighth, they, they kind of they felt that they had to, you know, they they really wanted to get into the playoffs for their fans, for kind of their, their younger players going forward, and kind of show that they were <clears throat> they were, you know, they weren't going to be a rebuilding team again. So they they made a couple ads, including getting Connor uh, Connor Connor Levis out of Kamloops, who had been part of their Mem Mem Cup team last year. So I, I think. Their roster is much improved. Um, I think they, they're going to score. I think there's, they're going to have to really you know, improve defensively to, to show me that, that they've got any sort of playoff run of them. When we go to the offseason, we've got the BC Lions, the Vancouver Whitecaps, and the Vancouver Canadians. Uh, which of any of them caught your eye with the offseason developments or offseason scuttlebutt this week? Oh, Lions! I, I think the Lions are uh, free agencies coming up on February thirteenth. Uh, waiting to see how many of their uh, pending free agents they can get under contract prior to that date. I think they really like their group. Uh, I think they like. I, I think they'd like to bring a lot of the guys back, and I think that that's you know that's going to be a key to them. I think they, they've you know they've got some key some key spots to look at, and you know in, in terms of the linebackers. Um, you know, Ben Ben uh, Halatic comes to mind, the the Vernon product and former T Bird star. So I I think I, I I'm interested to see if they can get guys under contract prior to prior, you know, prior to February thirteenth. How disappointed were you that Nathan Rourke didn't get a snap uh, for the New England Patriots in the last uh, weekend of the of the regular season, the former BC Lions quarterback? Disappointed for him. I just I think he I think it was a situation built for him. I think it was uh, a game that didn't matter in the standings, a game he had been there three weeks. You assume he would have had a real grasp of their playbook or, or at least a decent grasp of it and would have been good for him to, to show what he could do going, you know, going forward. It certainly uh, made me wonder what Bill Belichick thought of him. So, cause it, I, I know it was a snow game and they, uh, you know things weren't going well, and but I, I, you know, you wonder if Belichick had checked out by the, you know, that point and already decided that that he was done. So, and of course, uh, others have pointed out from the business side, from the financial side of things, he didn't play a regular season snap, but made more money than he would have made playing an entire season in the Canadian Football League. I certainly would welcome one of two scenarios. He lands with a team where he certainly could play a backup role or he makes the decision to come back to the Canadian Football League because uh, certainly he's so talented. You don't want that literally sitting on the bench or not being active uh, during the prime years of his career. I think he's talking to football people. Um, As good as he's been up here and he's been very good up here, he doesn't have those check marks that NFL teams look for. He's not, uh, you know, a six, four guy. He's not a huge arm guy. I think the kind of the talking to, to smart football people, they, they, they talk about how he needs somebody in, in a power spot in an organization to say, Hey, let, let's give this kid a chance and really 
kind of let him marinate and, and give you know really buy into him and because he doesn't, you know, hit those automatic check marks that that NFL teams, you know, tend to look at. They've, they've got the big, you know, they, they've got the quarterbacks from the big time schools with the you know the big arms and things like that. He's 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 more a thinking man's guy. So I I'd like you know, again, I I do wonder if playing last year with the Lions would have put him in a better spot with a full you know another full season, another you know a, a eight eighteen more games on his, you know, on his resume, but, you know, I, I think I, I understood, you know, making the jump then and, and, you know, trying to, trying to get his foot in the door. And I, I keep in mind that, that he went to a Jacksonville team that, that had, had Henry Burris, you know, a former CFL quarterback on his, on his coaching staff. So uh, that, you know, that, that move really connected for me. Last one for you while we're on the subject of football. It's Super Wildcard Weekend in the National Football League. It's all over the pages of the Vancouver Sun and VancouverSun.com today, and it will be all over the pages of the province and the province.com tomorrow. Is there a matchup that you're particularly salivating, and is there an upset in the making that you wanted to declare? Not so much. I just I would like to see the Lions and Browns advance. I think it'd be fun to see those two markets. So, what about you? Well, we 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 certainly haven't seen that in the last thirty years. That yeah. would be something pretty uh, special. Uh, yeah. I, I think the Los Angeles Rams Detroit Lions matchup. The, every single matchup has a great story, but yeah. L.A. Rams and um, Matthew Stafford, Jared Goff, Detroit Lions. Uh, that one really stands out to me uh, from a business side of thing. We'll talk about it later this weekend on the sport market. But uh, the Peacock controversy south of the border for the Dolphins can. Kansas City Chiefs game, there's a lot of heated debate, which that game needs because it's going to be frigid temperatures. And then to see how many of the Bills Mafia uh, show up to uh, shovel snow, I don't think they'll have any problems getting all the snow shovelers that they they need. It's going to be a great weekend of football, Steve. Uh, Enjoy it, and thanks so much for doing this. Really really quick? Yes. What did you make of Boudreaux? You know, I mean, I, number one, it's his prerogative, but number two, I didn't like it. Um, I, I, I didn't love it and I love Bruce Boudreaux, but I didn't love it at this time. And it just doesn't carry the weight when the Canucks are 28 and 11 and three, and he's the former head coach. Feels a, feels a little bit like a jilted lover. It, 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 it does. And, and, you know, again, is there a right time to do it? I'm not sure, but right now it was the wrong time with all the attention on everything that's going right for the Vancouver Canucks, including whoever made that suggestion in whatever context that Quinn Hughes should play some center. <laughs> so. Yeah, I just I, I think if Bruce Boudreaux really is a big fan of Quinn Hughes, he's put him in a bad spot because now he's going to have to answer those questions for the next two or three days. Yeah, no, I, I that's that's another part of the equation, Steve. Listen, so appreciate all those that's perspectives. Why we do that. You listen. You 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 have a terrific uh, weekend. Thanks again for doing this. Can I? (laughs) You can. You can. It's your it's your seat. We're gonna keep it warm for you. Thanks so much. Okay, take care. He is Steve Ewan of the Province and theprovince.com. Next up, we hear from Rob Veras of Burbank Sports Cards about how he got into the hobby. It's a preview of Pastime Radio, the collectible show, next, right here on the Sport Market on the Sportsnet Radio Network.